We called them friends, but did they call you friend? And these friends, they fall off, whether it's because they didn't like the church you join or they didn't like the fact that you no longer go to the club. You know? mm -hmm. So they just don't bother with you anymore because they can't come around you anymore with the, the lifestyle we once had. So friends come and friends go. But we can all agree that there's one person that if we choose that person as our friend, he never leave us. Amen. Never leave us. Amen. Never forsake us. Amen. And always know how a secret that he tells nobody. Amen. Nobody. And he's merciful when you call on him to ask forgiveness if you ever fall from grace. Amen. He's merciful. That's the friend that never sit in constant judgment of you, but rather forgive you how many times? Seven times seven. Think about it. What a friend we have in Jesus. Having something in common with someone makes friendship less challenging and more comfortable. You see, for instance, there was a time when we had in this country differences in opinion politically, and you find that family members, close friends, it becomes a division because now we no longer have something in common or belief system shift. So we have problems there. But look at some of the people, God Almighty, the powerful, consider his friends. Abraham, Daniel, David, why would he consider these three people? Ask yourself that question. Why of all the men and women in the Bible, those three, I could, maybe you, you have different um, understanding when you read, you may find more people, but those three are the three that I came up with that I felt in reading God's word that he considered them his friend. And here's how it goes. Take a look for me, please, Sister Suzanne. I know you do have a mic with you. Genesis 22, verse 18. And um, if you have your Bible, and Rose, if you could, Isaiah 41, verse 8. And Brother Clive, if you have your Bible, James 2, verse 23. Genesis 22, verse 18. We want to saturate ourselves in, in, in the word of God, so we're going to be very patient in, 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 um, in reading so that we, we, we don't rush through it, but we get the understanding. What did Genesis 22, verse 18 say? And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. All right. See, what God said to Abram is that because he obeyed him, there is a reward. Because he obeyed him. Now, what does Isaiah 41 verse 8 say? But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend. There you go. See? Descendant of Abraham, my friend. 
wouldn't it be nice for God to just come and say, Charlene, you're my friend. Now you know none of y'all could talk to me. I'll be on high. <laughs> Brother Clyde, do you have that scripture? No? Okay, Brother Chris, do you mind reading James 2, verse 23 for me? See, many times, 23. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for his righteousness. Okay. And he was called the friend of God. Okay, very good. So you see, again, the word friend is used. Okay, so Abraham was God's, one of God's friends. Why? He listens, he obeys. And there was a reward for doing so. His generation, his seeds would be blessed. Daniel is someone very desirable. I saw that in, when I was reading, I said, wow, desirable. That's the word that God used. So let's take a look at Daniel 9, verse 23. Daniel 9, verse 23, where it said, When you began your entreaty, the word went out, and I have come to report to you because you are someone very precious. So consider the matter and understand the vision. So this was God talking, and he said, Oh, Daniel, now I have come to give you insight and understanding. Why? Because Daniel had desires that were similar to God's. God referred to David as a man of his own heart. Can you imagine? Think about it. And I want you to think carefully. When I got to this point, a lot of revelation came in my spirit. That, yes, we know Abram was good and Daniel was good, but think, those two were like spotless. But David was not spotless. But you see how merciful this friend is called God? That even in spite of David's history, God still sees him as a man of his own heart. So he's forgiven. He loved David. So that's a friend that stood by you, stand by you, never leave you, never forsake you, and never cast you out just because you fall. Because once the heart is right with God, it is evident that he's going to forgive you because that's the friend he is. That's the friend he is. He is a forgiving God. If we listen to God, to what God is humbly asking of us and draw close to him, he will become our God and we will become his people. Shouldn't we want to be part of God's family by being a friend to God? Check ourselves, make sure that we're on one accord. My sister, if you'd like to participate, would you find Jer Jeremiah 7 verse 23 for me? Brother Chris, you can loan the mic. 
Jeremiah 7, verse 23, we should want to strive to look within ourselves, to examine ourselves, to make sure that we are walking in integrity as God would have it. He knows we're not perfect, but we can walk in integrity. We can make sure that in every way that when he looked at us, he sees a friend. Jeremiah 7, 23, this is just the King James Version. Yeah. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and he shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. See? Again. We have to obey. We have to obey the word of God. And in so doing, you'll become friend. Now, think about it. If Susan said to me, on Sunday, you know, let us wear blue. Right? We're not going to ask Susan why. She said, on Sunday, let us wear blue. We're going to obey Susan, wear blue, because we want to have favor in Susan's eyes. Think about it. When you want to be a friend to someone, you accommodate. And you strive to be good in the eyes of that person. Shouldn't we be trying hard to be good in the eyes of the Lord so he can call us friend? Once you become a friend of God, he strengthens us and our heart is complete towards him. He will take good care of us. He'll strengthen us. He'll give us insight as it says in Jeremiah. And give us instruction on the way we should conduct ourselves. That's what happened. When you're in the presence of your friend, you're on your best behavior. Some people, they're good at camouflaging, you know, who they truly are. But God, being such a superior being, you know, more than any one of us, he can see through us. Where I'm from, we usually like to use the term, I can't sit through that one. I don't feel that one. That's not a good spirit in that one. Well, God does not have to do that. He sees. With all of us roaming around, because when we can turn and hide from Rose, God sees. So let us conduct ourselves in a manner pleasing to God that when we say, friend, we are walking in true integrity. In the book of 2 Chronicles, verse 9, you know, it talked about the strength. Talk about the strength. So let me just find 2 Chronicles, verse 9. I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. If you'd read it, Brother Chris. Second, Second Chronicles. Yes. Chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord ran to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly, therefore from now on you shall have war. 
that the one? Yes. Do you remember that most time that we preach, we preach in regards to Satan, and we said that he is roaming about looking to devour. What did that scripture say that God is doing? His eyes. Yes. His eyes are throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. That's right. That's who we are tonight. We are fully committed to the Lord. We're here, rain or shine. Some of us tired. Some of us have worked. <laughs> Very tired. <laughs> so God is not just sitting there on the throne as we think, looking to just see what bad things we do. He's looking and his eyes is roaming so he can be that friend to us. That's what God is doing. He is also looking as the enemy is looking. So while the enemy is roaming to devour, God is looking to see which one of us are walking in integrity. Now, Psalm 32, verse 8, it says, I will give you insight and instruct you in the way you should go, and I will give you advice with my eye upon you, complimenting what Brother Chris read. You see? The Bible doesn't lie. It doesn't lie. If, he, if it says here in one book, believe me, somebody else is going to testify in the next book. Okay? Let us in all our doings, brothers and sisters, be aware of our Heavenly Father who is always watching us. So even if I don't see you, God sees you. You can stand in front of me and you can tell me that this is what you are and this is what you're not anymore. And yes, you can convince me because I'm human. And I will lean on my own understanding based upon how you portray yourself while you explain yourself and what you do. But who sees it all? God sees it all. You can lie to man, but you can't lie to God. Now, don't get this wrong. Though he's watching and looking to protect us and always want to be there for us, the enemy is also watching and ready to attack. So be on guard and know your worth, according to your heavenly father. Whatever God said you are is who you are. And you must rely on that. God will be with us every step of the way. When, so when we are attacked, we must stand firm. David wrote some really powerful psalms, you know, and I am big on crying out when I read some of those psalms. David cry out. So if you're under attack, know that God's eyes is on you. He allowed that attack to take place because he's confident that you are so strong in your faith with him that you will walk like Job. You will walk like Job. Understand that when you're in a relationship with God, he's your friend. And so many war that rise up against you also rise up against God. It's not just you in the battle. You know, back in the day, they had, you know, England fighting, Scotland and all of that and all of that. And even now, when countries go to war, it affects another country. So God being our maker, 
being our provider. He made us in his image. You think he's not going to protect us from the devouring lion? He's going to protect us. As we have seen in Job's life, God stood by Job. Yes, when you are in trying time and you are a friend to God, he will not run away and leave you. Think about it. I watched a movie one time, and the guy, you know, was on a date with the girl, and they're cute and everything, and the date went well, and they're walking and whatever, and then the robber come to attack, and who you think ran away? The guy ran away and left the girl. Yeah, that's not our God. He's standing firm in battle, and he's mighty in battle. So once we remain faithful as Job, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. It's hard to remain faithful in the storm. It's hard to remain faithful in trying times. Your, your, your instinct, your emotions, you know, sometimes get the better of you. But stay firm. Remember, use Job's scenario. Know that if you are truly serving God from the heart, if you are a child of God, and when things come, just know that permission was given. You're not alone. The enemy cannot touch you unless God allow it. If you're a child of God, and we have free will. We got free will in the Garden of Eden. Remember those two lovely parents that we have? Free will. It's up to us to choose. And if you choose to be a friend of God, know that he will never leave you. And he will stand here and fight the battle with you. Okay? Job believed in his friend God the Father, but I find that today, as we Christians, we are quick to throw in the towel. When we're challenged through trials, we forget who our friend is. We start to run the texts, we start to run the phone. We start to let our emotion get the better of us. We fly off the handle. Oops, I just hit myself. <laughs> you know, we, we, we go into different zones when the trial comes, but we forget where to run. We need to run to the rock. My grandmother would say, to the rock of Gibraltar, here I come. We need to run to God because he is there for us. He's our friend. We can trust him to tell him our deepest, deepest. Not that he doesn't know it, but he likes to hear you confess it. But when you hear yourself say something you did or did not do, it matters to you as a person to hear it from yourself. We forget who our friend is and our Heavenly Father. That friend shows where your faith is. When the trial comes, that friend will stand by you, and at this time now, your fate. Your fate is going to come into play. Why should Jesus, you know, carry the cross alone? We all want a quick fix. We all want a microwave world. We all want easy squeezy. We want everything easy. I was talking to my daughter-in-law about buying, they're trying to buy a home, and, you know, the price went up, and they, you know, had canceled the contract. And I started to talk to her. I said, well, you know, the prices are not going to go down. It's a change in time. You know, it's not going to go down. And, um, you, you know, buying a home is a sacrifice. Buying a car is a sacrifice. Anything you do that elevates your lifestyle is a sacrifice. 
Even the drug dealer out on the street. He's sacrificing his life being out there to make that money. Everything, bad or good, is going to be a sacrifice. And she said to me, I don't think I want to sacrifice my family time to buy, to work and pay a mortgage. And I said, okay. You're already sacrificing every day that you live in somebody's house because they can raise the rent anytime and tell you this, that, and then with this change in time, it's going to be different. And she said, no, I'm not sacrificing. So yes, there are people out there who don't want to sacrifice, and they're firm on it. But if you don't sacrifice for the love of Christ, where will you be? Do you think you're going to get through life and get all those promotions and these great things that God has in store for you if you don't sacrifice for him as his son sacrificed on the cross for you. Jesus didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. He was sitting there. He, he, he was just sitting there being king of the jungle. You know? Somebody, you know, angel bring him coffee, another bring him your robe, and he was just glorified. But because God was so merciful and he saw what was happening and he loved us so much, he said, you know what? Let me take my prized child, my only begotten son, out of love for these people. Let me sacrifice him. Don't let that sacrifice go to waste. Let us check ourselves, the integrity in which we're calling ourselves Christian, and walk the walk of Christ. Let us try. I learned long ago that if Satan questions God's integrity, and Satan questions man's integrity, if you remember the story in the Garden of Eden, the way he had that conversation with Eve, it was questioning God's integrity, turning them against him. So if Satan can do that, among ourselves, we do that. We question each other's integrity. And rightfully so, we have the right to do so. Why? Because we were taught through the scriptures how to walk in integrity. So if one of us stumble, if I stumble, and you don't like it, I know I have a strong personality, and you know, sometimes, you know, even people will say, oh, you're gonna get mad. No, stand firm. If you believe that I did something, Help me to be a better Christian. Walk with me, talk with me, pull me aside. I don't mean you to come to the pulpit now and tell me, you know. No, that won't go well over with Charlene. <laughs> but counsel me, talk to me. Why? Because I want to walk in integrity to be a friend of God. He's always a friend to me. Now I have to re, you know, refresh myself, check myself so I can prepare myself in my walk to be a better friend to him. Because when you're a friend to God, people seize it. You ever been somewhere and somebody say, you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah, we shouldn't have to profess to people that we're a child of God, they're supposed to have discernment and pick it up. God's people should pick up God's people. Our energy should be of such, filled with love and joy and forgiveness and admiration one for another. So each day, ask ourselves, am I a friend to God? And how can I better myself to be better for God? What are some of my flaws that I need to fix? 
Let's take a look at Proverbs 27, verse 11. Proverbs 27, verse 11 says, Be wise, my son, and make my heart rejoice, so that I can make a reply to him who taught me. So you see, there is a band-aid when the enemy come at you. There is a band-aid. The band-aid is what says here in this very verse, be wise, my son. And it doesn't mean figurative with son, but be wise, you, my people, and make my heart rejoice. So when you're on the temptation, when you're on the trials, when you're on the stress, rejoice, sing and dance in the Lord. Sing and dance. And that enemy that is taunting you, God will deal with him. In these last days, I recognize through talking with many other um, fellow believers in Christ that all churches right now seem to be under a real attack. It's either the finances of the member or their jobs are taking them away from church because if they want the job, they gotta work Sunday, they gotta work Wednesday. No, a lot of them not being compassionate to give time off. So a lot of churches find themselves now where responsibilities are given to other members which belong to the other one because the other one has to work. But as believers, we have to carry those responsibilities with joy and with honor and with integrity. First, we must love God with all our heart and soul and adopt his qualities such as forgiveness, compassion, healing of the sick, and give favor to those who are in need of a blessing. We sometimes walk by people who really need something. Sometimes it's not monetary, it's just a kind word. Let us get in the habit of always trying to share a kind word. You're on the supermarket line and you see this one woman struggling to find all the pennies in her purse to pay, you know, finish makeup, what she has in her hand or whatever. If you can, take care of that bill. Take care of that bill. Let God be the judge of each other and help each other to be a brighter light for God to shine through us so dark places in our lives will become bright. This does not always mean that those who oppose us are always controlled by Satan. Not always. Not every time something is going on, and I am, you probably, this is like one of my many few times that I call this guy's name in my mouth. And the reason for that is, each time we tend to, when something is going on in our lives and you know we're being rattled and you know things just not going pretty, it doesn't look like the rose anymore that's blooming. We think it's the devil. In most things, I would say, look back at Job and know that you, when you're tested, tried, it's promotion coming. Mm -hmm. So it's not about that guy. It's about you, your reaction, how you operate, how you see yourself. Do you see yourself a friend to God to know that during this time my friend is holding my back? Or are you gonna crumble? No. This does not always mean that he is handling fears or the situation. Satan don't have no power over us. 
It does not have power over us. God allows things to happen for his good. When God wants to promote you, when he wants to stir you up, believe me, he will allow storms in your life. Because think about it. If you want to, you know, fix up the garden or the house, you've got to root out a few bad weeds. You've got to get rid of a few pieces of old furniture, right? When we're redecorating, we've got to get rid of something. It's the same thing with our spiritual life. We have to clean ourselves to receive new blessing. Now, we lean on our own understanding a lot of times and we create distance from our Heavenly Father when we do that. So let us get in the habit, more so now than ever, to always go to God in prayer. And let's not utter sometimes the prayer so loud. Take it in a private place so you can hear when he speaks back to you. I love when nobody's in the house, just me and the dog. And I love you too, honey. Because you know what? I don't hear a footstep coming, a door closed. It's just me and the Lord. I can hear him speak. I can hear him. I need that quiet time. So in closing, God never asks us more than we can give, or more than we can do. God knows our potential, limitation, better than we do. In short, to build a relationship with God with effort, much effort is required. Following the guidelines that set in the Bible and live according, accordingly with each other. Please let's close this service by singing my favorite song. And I'm going to leave you with two scriptures that you can um, meditate on. And it's Deuteronomy 30, verse 11. And Psalm 103, verse 14. I thank you, Father, that you are with us. You're standing with us, Lord. God, we make you our friend. And we ask that if there's anything in our spirit or anything in our lives that is not pleasing to you to be called your friend, Lord, we ask that you remove it. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for Job. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing that you are bestowing on each and every one of us near and far. But most importantly, Lord, we thank you that we have the health and strength to stand here tonight and to worship with you. And we have the opportunity in America to worship you, Lord, freely, freely, freely. We thank you, Lord, for these opportunities, and we ask that you cover us as we go about our ways, Lord, and cover us and send people in our path that we can be a blessing to use in your name, Lord, and, have, and that you have favor on them, and that you protect us, Lord, and strengthen our pastor, Lord. Strengthen our pastor and his helpmate, Lord Rose. Cover them, Lord. Cover them. Father, we ask for your blessing upon this church. We ask for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we need a revival in our soul. Lord, we need a revival in our soul. Father God, we ask you 
Lead us in the plain path of righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Amen.